Kate, thank you for your ministry today. Um, I have been bereft of your many gifts. Uh, thank you for offering them to God's church today. And Jennifer, thank you for your worship leadership. Uh, it's, it's good to be among such wonderful company. I stand here as the uh, guest preacher, mindful that an invitation came from our beloved pastor who's away for some sabbatical study. And as I said last week, um, we as a church are wise to bless him and his family in this time away. He will come back with more energy and focus and, uh, if it's possible, more devotion to us as a church. I don't know how you do that with Mac, but uh, he'll come back and even more prepared and more rested to give us that, those good gifts of leadership. Our text today, as you, you noticed from the re Deborah's reading and the title of the sermon, Stones for Bread, comes from what has been called the greatest sermon ever preached on planet Earth. It is uh, smack dab in the middle of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This text, and within this text, is a verse that moved in to my soul over 20 years ago. I, I don't know how it, particularly how it happened, but it happened. And, and like I said to you last Sunday, there are passages in the Bible, sometimes just a mere handful of words that, that move into your house and haunt it. And here is a text, a verse, that has haunted this preacher's house for a long, long time. Said Jesus, which of you, if your daughter or son asks for bread, will give her a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? Which of you, if a child asks for bread, will give a stone or for a fish, will give a snake? Well, right now, you're saying with me, why, that, that's outrageous, that's ludicrous. Uh, uh, some among us would say that's even abusive. Imagine a little one an innocent five-year-old hungry from a day's play in the hot summer sun, walking in the back door of the kitchen and asking her mother for a snack and being given a sack of rocks. Uh, who would do such a thing? What, what parent would be so insensitive? I stand here today to say, sadly so, that we do it all the time. We navigate the highways of our lives. We walk slowly down the alleys of memory and relationships. We traverse the narrative of our own story, often unaware of the magnitude of our insensitivity. 
Whereas Jesus used two very earthy metaphors, uh, stone and bread, it was the poet Yeats who put it in cosmic terms. He, he penned, had I the heavens embroidered cloths and wrought with golden and silver light? The blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night and light and half-light. I would spread the cloths under your feet. But I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly, because you tread on my dreams. It's been one of those down-the-drain days. If you're employed, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Ah, I just stepped away from that a month ago, gratefully so. But you've taken more tough calls than you'd like to take. You've been in hours of meetings with no energy. You've put in a full day's work on a half night's sleep. You turn into the driveway, and there she is, your little girl, bouncing the basketball, waiting for you. It's later than you normally come home. She's, she's waiting for you to come home. And as she bounces that ball, and maybe off to your left, you see your son tossing a football up in the air. All they want, expectantly, is just a few moments of your time. But you get out of the car and you walk in the back door, hardly even noticing them. Which of you has a child who asks for bread will give a stone? Couples do this more often than we, any of us husbands or wives, want to admit. The demands of life have, do, have, have now left us with diminished dreams. Passion has morphed into routine. Your mate needs time and presence and intimacy and some of you. We come to each other in the bonds of our marriage, needing bread. And more times than Tim would ever want to confess, I have given the sweetheart of my life a sack of rocks. And for us this morning, the people of God gathered here to celebrate the faith that we have found is nourishing and life-giving and really full of joy and purpose. It can easily become the grand indictment to God's church that of all the places on earth, of all the places, we in the fellowship of the church can, and not aware, we, we don't do this intentionally. Hear me carefully. This is something that we don't practice intentionally. We, we just slip into it. We easily get into our class and my pew and my Sunday routines and we seldom see the new face in the hall, the woman or man whose name we don't know in the pew behind us or in front of us. We don't mean to be aloof, uncaring. No, that's, that's not us. 
stones for bread. I stand here today as the chief of sinners. I shudder to think how many times over a 30-year pastoral ministry, the good folks who called me their minister, their preacher, their pastor, found their way into the pew, starving for a word from God, living bread, warm bread, nourishing bread from the preacher, and I served up a half-baked sermon or an insensitive comment or going through the routines of pastoral life, thoughtless, shallow, perfunctory, ministry. Who among you, if his child asks for bread, will give a stone? What do we do with this? I, 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 I want to say I'm not going to own it. I, I got to get rid of this, so you're going to have to help me do it. I'm, gonna, I'm offloading this on all of us today. What, what do we do with this? Well, at the very least, knowing who the speaker is in the text, we would be wise to remember who this one is with whom we have to do. Jesus sat on a hillside. Kathy and I have been to the traditional site of where the Sermon on the Mount was traditionally thought to have been given. Now, if it wasn't there, it was over there. Or if it wasn't there, it was not far from there. We, we, we were close enough for government work. When you read the Beatitudes, you, you read this text that gushes with generosity. Go back and read it this afternoon. Read those lines this afternoon again. The Beatitudes overflow with the generosity of God. Who is this one with whom we have to do? Well, this one with whom we have to do, the one who hung the stars and who enfleshed God's self in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth and loves us so much among us here. This is the one who says if you're grieving, there's Boundless comfort. If you're hungry, there's food. The meek will inherit the earth, and the peacemakers will be called the children of God. Now, here is a photograph, a, a painting of God who is generous to a fault. What Jesus comes to do in a, in a nutshell, if, you wanna, if you're asking yourself, what, what is the gospel about? It's just simply this. Jesus showed up on this planet to show and tell us that most of our photographs of God are wrong, inadequate. When we serve up stones for bread, we not only mar the image of God in ourselves, but we diminish Imago Dei in others. We must remember who is this one who Paul told the philosophers on Mars Hill, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. When Lindsay was just a tot, 
Ah, she just had a birthday, I won't tell you which one. But when she was a preschooler, we were in Tuscaloosa, and in that congregation there was one Sunday morning service, and all of our children were under the age of eight. Eight, six, five. So it was dad's duty, and the preacher, to get up on Sunday morning and fix breakfast for the for the children while mom got herself ready for church. We found that worked out really well. So I'm down in the kitchen of our home there in Tuscaloosa and I'm scurrying around trying to get some breakfast ready. And Lindsay walks in, she's every bit of five years old. And she could tell I was busy and she said to me, Daddy, can I open the new box of cereal? I said, I said what cereal are you talking about, sweetheart? And she said, well, it's, it's tricks or it was it was uh, Cheerios. I forget what it was. I, I said, why do you want to open that new box of cereal? Don't we have other cereal? She said, no, there's a contest going on. I want to see if we, if we won. So I'm at the sink, you know, working on the coffee. I hear behind me the pantry door open. She pulls out the box of cereal. Little five-year-old toe-headed Lindsay opens up the box, rips open the cellophane inside. And the next thing I hear is her little chubby arm boring into that cereal. Followed by her pulling something out of the box as the Cheerios ricocheted off of the tile floor in the kitchen. I said, oh, no, now I've got to feed them. Now I've got to clean up this place. Sometimes as a parent, you don't know whether to laugh or to cry. I laughed. Lindsay. Dad, do you know what we got? I said, what, sweetheart? Sorry, try again. <laughs> Ours is a gospel. We celebrate God who is among us and who tells us that the folks who are putting their chubby arms into the cereal boxes of life looking for some magic answer, more times than not, just pull out an envelope that says, sorry, try again, I hasten. We must remember who this one is with whom we have to do. There's something else here that's so important, and that is we must get back in touch with how hungry we are. We are a hungry, consuming, feeding species. If you haven't picked up Slavomir Rowitsi's book, The Long Walk, you owe it to yourself to read his memoir of his time in the Soviet gulag in Siberia and his walk from Siberia to Tibet 3,000 miles to escape. I starved myself through the whole book. If you haven't read Unbroken, you'll thirst yourself through Unbroken. Those stories put us back in touch with how hungry we are as a species. We're hungry for bread. We're hungry for that which matters, for nourishment that sustains. And yet, Sometimes the last place we ever think about finding it is right here. 
I remember a dear saint of God came to see me and Augusta made an appointment to come by the church and she walked in my office and we closed the door and after a few southern pleasantries, you know what that means, I said, dear, why are you here today? And she was sitting rather close to me and I looked in her face and all the lines and all the, face, all the expression, all the eyes told me that she had to tell me something that was troubling her soul. She began to unwind in that sacred space, a deep, scarring, broken life from a home that was dysfunctional as a child into a marriage and children. And I just, she just kept talking. And I looked at her after a while and we paused and I said, I said, Mary, have, have you ever considered sharing this journey and seeking the support of your Sunday school class? Oh, oh no preacher, I'd never tell him this. No, 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 I, I'd never tell him that. I said, tell me why. She said, oh, by, 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 by nightfall it'd be all over the church and by Tuesday it'd be all over town. What she told me, do you see it? She had witnessed so much, so many stones handed out when people needed bread. She, she had experienced in her life what our consultant, Alan Walworth, beautifully described as a stained glass cut that wouldn't heal. No, we in the church have got to remember that every person we see at the store, here at the church house, where we do business, in our neighborhoods, every person that we come across, including ourselves, is looking for bread. So what do we do? We give bread. That's what we did. We're to be bread bakers and bread merchants and bread purveyors and bread distributors. That, that's what we do. And I don't care whether you want to give out white, whole wheat, cracked wheat, multigrain, sourdough, German, dark, or French baguettes. It doesn't matter. Just give bread. Just, just be, a, be a believer. Be a follower of Jesus who is a bread giver, and maybe your deal is Italian, or maybe it's Cuban, or maybe it's French or German, or maybe it's down-home southern starter bread. Some of you know what that is. Sometimes bread is just the little things. One uh, church analyst has said that the most important three minutes in a church house any Sunday, the, if you don't hear anything Tim said today, write this down in your head. The most important three minutes on any Sunday, any time the church is gathered, the most important three minutes are the three minutes after the benediction. Who have you noticed that you don't know? Speak to them with a smile. Who's that person you hadn't seen in a long time? Walk across the church and give them the hand of fellowship or the elbow of love and let them know you've missed them and they matter. Sometimes a little note will do it. 
Kathy and I have a file. It's somewhere in all of our stuff, dear. I, I know it's there. I call it our love letter file that we've put the little notes that God's people sent me as their minister through the years. I, by the way, Kathy, I found one. I found one this week. This was from Tommy Blanchard. March 17th, 1995. When I'd get these little notes, I would take them home and I'd say, Kathy, read this. And she'd read it. And I'd say, I think we'll serve these people six more months. If you want to give bread to your ministers and your staff, find a way. You don't, it doesn't have to be for any other reason, but just a little note to them and say, Mac, you have no idea what that sermon meant to me today. Mac Dennis will go another 10,000 miles on that oil change. Leah, her ministry to seniors. Casey to youth. Amy to children, Clark and Karen to music ministry, Tate here at the organ. And I'm missing somebody. David, I know I'm missing some folks on our team. But you'd be amazed how much of a little, little slice of bread would make all the difference in somebody's life. I know I've gone too long, so I'm finishing. That means, ladies, you can put your shoes on. Now, 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 we understand the golden rule in a different way. It's right here in our text. It's right here. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Give bread. Give white bread, give dark bread, give cracked wheat, give Italian, French. Give bread. Amen.